Anne Mathias is a Senior Managing Director, Macro Strategist at Guggenheim Investments. She was on that panel. Did it happen already? It's happening right after this. It's happening right after this. Um, welcome to Bloomberg Radio. Thank you. So, are we in a new normal? Well, it's funny. It, it is a new normal for us, maybe in our lifetimes, but really it's an old normal. What do you mean? Well, we're in a period of persistent low interest rates, right. where you don't have a lot of inflation, where you don't have a lot of drivers that are pushing interest rates up. And it feels so unusual to us, because what we remember is probably starting in the late 60s, early 70s, running up to the massive peak in interest rates in the 80s, mm -hmm. and then dropping right back down over the you know, next 20 years, where basically everybody could make money in bonds. And that's what we remember, but we forget that there was a multi-decade period, more than 10 years, in the 40s into the 50s when interest rates stayed at or around 3% on the 10-year yield. And then again, there was a, almost a two-decade period in the late 1800s into the early 1900s where interest rates stayed at or under 3%. So they are capable of doing that. We just don't remember it. So it's kind of like the old normal. Well, and, and, and in those two different periods you described, going back to the 1880s, you, you had massive fluctuations in, in, in the equities market, such that there was at the time, uh, and, and in economic cycles, mm -hmm. uh, huge swings in economic cycles, not so much in, 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 the, in the 50s and the 60s. And I, and I wonder, you know, the, the notion that bonds perform the opposite of stocks, or, you know, mm -hmm. right. it's, if you go back that far, you don't see that kind of correlation. In fact, you, see, or you do see a correlation between the performance. And so I wonder if, if our notion of equity... Uh, versus bond balances in a portfolio is kind of messed up because it's based on the experience of the last 10 years, not the experience of the last 100. That's absolutely right. I, I agree with you. And, and I think we've been saying for a while when we meet with clients that it's important to, to realize that in some ways equities are becoming more bond-like and bonds are becoming more equity-like. So taking this really strict, well, I'm going to manage my risk by allocating 60% equities, 40% bonds, or whatever the split right. is, your age minus 10 right. divided right. by 6, whatever that is. I think that's a little antiquated because What's stocks... What's the French rule for dating half your age plus 7? Don't, don't get him started. <laughs> but the other thing is, we're also, we're working longer. We're living longer. True. And I, I feel like things have changed. I feel like a lot of the old rules just don't make sense anymore. I think that's right. I think that's right because you see um, co the correlation, which we were talking about, between equities and bonds mm -hmm. changing. Sometimes it's very, very tightly positively correlated. Sometimes it shifts and it becomes negatively correlated. And the market today is extremely global. The fixed income market in particular is very, very global. Um, you know, on our trading desks, we can feel the arrival of interest from Asian investors. And then sometimes they depart again uh, in, out of the markets when it becomes too expensive to hedge into the dollar. So all of a sudden, as a fixed income investor, even if you're 100% domestically focused, you need to keep in your mind what's happening with exchange rates, what's the dollar-yen exchange rate, what are hedging costs for institutional investors doing because that's driving investor behavior. Does that push, the pushback that we're seeing politically in terms of globalization impact the globalization trade financially? Not yet, not yet. But I would say if you're thinking of, you know, a three to five year risk, uh, you would start to ask yourself, what would cause global investors to turn away from a particular market? If they're going to turn away from the U.S. market or turn away from the European market, that could be profoundly destabilizing, it could really change the balance in the markets. As for now, mm. um, we just wrote in some fund commentary that we're kind of living a tale of two cities here. You have Washington, where it's the worst of times, where it's the, the winter of despair, where everyone is very upset and you can't see any light. And then you have Wall Street, where it's the best of times. It's the spring of hope. Things are great. 
And I think that can persist for quite a while, uh, but you have to worry over the longer term what happens if, if the kind of political maneuvering, not just here but around the world, starts to infect global behavior. Where are we going to see that? Like where, you know, I, I, for lack of a better measure, I keep an eye on the VIX and just sort of look at intraday moves in the mm-hmm. VIX and it's... He's a little obsessed. I'm a little obsessed <laughs> lately on that. But I, but I wonder where you, where you think we might see that. Well, we're, we've been thinking, and, and, and we're not alone now in this anymore, about moving up in quality in a lot of our investments and going a little bit more to safer positions and to cash to position for what we see as potential increase in volatility in the coming couple of months. You get into How aggressively August. are you doing that? When I hear cash, that makes me feel like, whoa. Yeah, it's pr- pretty aggressively in some of our accounts, huh. definitely. We, we are seeing our chief investment officer, Scott Minard, who's, who's on your programs a lot. Love Scott. Has been talking about this um, you know, to a great extent to position ourselves because we feel really good about the underlying U.S. economy in the near term. Um, you're seeing a lot of positives. Not an not a enormously fast-moving economy. We just don't have the base demographic growth to do that, mm-hmm. but... You're seeing a lot of positive things for the consumer. But still, you're moving into cash. We're waiting for the volatility to provide us an opportunity. Interesting. All right. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, really, Thank uh, you. Amethyst, you're uh, great to see you, Managing Director, Senior Managing Director, and Macro Strategist at Guggenheim Investments. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets and Bloomberg Radio. Corey Johnson, Carol Master here in San Diego at the Pershing Insight 2017 Conference. In San Diego. And this yeah. is Bloomberg Radio.